Hey, this is Adam Starling. I'm the senior pastor at Victory Family Church. Thank you so much for joining us today. I pray this message will inspire you, encourage you, and hopefully challenge you to become everything that God has called you to be. Enjoy the message. This song is for the mothers, and the mothers' mothers, and the mothers' mothers' mothers. Yeah, let's go. 2020 was a rough year. All of us moms had to face some big fears. Yeah, we've been living through a pandemic, but I had to stay and homeschool my own kids. Stuck in the house, my computer is the preacher. I'm a child of God, not a homeschool teacher. Oh, you need help? I don't do math. Don't you have a teacher you can Zoom for that? Or go ask your dad. But it's a new year now. Things are getting back to normal. We can leave the house. Wonder Woman, Captain Marvel ain't the only ones. Real heroes are the moms that get stuff done. Well, there's so much more to say. Thanks for sacrificing with a lot on your plate. With all you give, you deserve the month of May. So here's to you. Happy Mother's Day. the house nowhere to go trying to exercise with the video kids almost tore the house down like jericho i deserve to go on a break at last so as for me and my house we order doordash yeah i'm a superhero i even wore a mask call me wonder woman but with more math moms there's so much on your plate kids want to eat again but y'all just ate why can't you let a good mom be great laundry can't do itself so it's gonna have to wait you need a little space you need a little grace you need a little time just to wash your face we don't need a reason you're someone to celebrate but here's one anyway happy happy mother's day Welcome to church. Welcome to Victor Family Church. Yes, if you didn't notice, that is our worship leader, who is also the resident rapper. And so thank you guys so much. And also my wife, if you didn't know that. So I'll admit that here. So welcome to Victor Family Church, man. Super glad that you guys are here today. Everything going well for you? Man, thank you guys. Happy Mother's Day. I'm unbelievably glad that you are here. Women in the house want to make sure you are honored and blessed today. And so, man, get you a pouch of lavender lemonade. You've never had a pouch of lavender lemonade. I'm certain of that. And so get you one of those and get you some of this chapstick because we do believe you are the bomb. B-A-L-M. You get it? See what we did there? You are the bomb. Make sure you get one of those. Uh, just want to honestly, if we can't honor you and bless you uh, today. A couple of things before we get started into the word today. Uh, first thing is... Uh, Single Mom's Day of Pampering is this week. 
Uh, men, women, uh, like we need some more volunteers. Men, I need you outside to wash cars. Uh, as these women are getting pampered inside, men, we're going to wash and detail their cars outside. And so make sure you get signed up today for that. We really need to get numbers in. And then listen, if you have a graduating senior, man, we want to honor them next week. And so we need to have you sign up for that because uh, we've got something special planned for them and you can reserve a table uh, for them. And we're just going to really celebrate them next week. But I need you to reserve those. If you will, if you've got a grandkid, Whoever that is, we just want to recognize them. Sound good? Well, it's Mother's Day. And listen, uh, many of you know this. Many of you women, you moms in this room would know that Mother's Day brings sometimes a lot of different emotions. There's a lot of people who are unbelievably excited that it's Mother's Day. There are also people who have lost their mothers this year. That it's, a, it's a sad time. There are those of you in this room that cannot wait to be mothers. And you've struggled with that. And so I know there's a, an array of emotions and we want to honor all of you today. So we would say this to you, to those who have gave birth this year to your first child, we celebrate with you. To those who have lost a child this year, we mourn with you. To those who are in the trenches with the little ones every day that wear the badges of food stains on your clothes, we appreciate you. To those who've experienced loss through miscarriage, failed adoptions, or running away, we mourn with you today. To those who walk the hard path of infertility with constant disappointment, we walk with you. Forgive us when we say foolish things. We do not mean to make this harder than it is. To those who are foster moms, mentor moms, spiritual moms, to kids in your neighborhood and kids in this church, we are better because of you. To those who have warm and close relationship with your children, we celebrate with you. To those who have disappointment, heartache, and distance with your children, we sit with you. To those who have lost their mothers this year, we, we grieve with you. To those who have experienced abuse at the hands of your own mother, we acknowledge your experience. To those who live through driving tests, medical tests, and overall testing of motherhood, again, we are better for having you in our church at Victory Family Church here in Newcastle. To those who have aborted children, we remember you on this day. He loves and forgives you. To those who are single and long to be married, mothering your own children, we mourn that the life has not turned out the way you long for it to. To those who step-parent, we walk with you on these complex paths. To those who envision lavishing love on grandchildren, yet that dream is not to be, we grieve with you. To those who will have have emptier nests in the upcoming years, we grieve and we rejoice with you. <laughs> to those who place children up for adoption, we commend you for your selfishness, selflessness and remember how you hold that child in your heart even today. And those who are pregnant with new life, both expected and surprising, we anticipate with you. This Mother's Day, we walk with you. Mothering is not for the faint of heart. We have real warriors in our midst today, and we remember you. Can we just honor all different types of mothers that God put on this earth today? So, so I, think, I, I think there should actually be a, a, a mom's hall of fame. A woman's hall of fame that we just put you there. I read a couple stories this week that said this. Said a, a woman named Angela single-handedly lifted a Chevy Impala off of her son after the carjack broke while working under it. Need to be in that, that hall of fame. In New Mexico, a school bus driver with children on board became a dangerous runaway vehicle with the dri when the driver had a seizure. 
A girl waiting for the bus saw the bus was in trouble and called to her mom for help. Mom got out of the car and acted immediately and ran along, listen, this is crazy, ran alongside the bus and through gestures was able to convince one of the children on the bus to open the door. Once the door was open, she jumped onto the moving school bus, grabbed the wheel and safely brought it to a stop. There's our Hall of Fame mothers, right? Let me tell you what's even more impressive, I think, about moms. How many moms, just kind of a show of hands maybe, how many moms can change a diaper with one hand? Just one hand on them. You you have that ability, right? Something about watching moms put pajamas on a kid one-handed, they they can do it. How many moms have stayed up past midnight finishing a school project that your kid forgot until the day before? Many, but here's the part you're going to be blessed for. And didn't wind up choking them as you wanted to do. If you didn't, you're blessed, I believe, today. How many moms have had to catch throw up in something beside the trash can? So I think you need a hall of fame, amen? Well, if you look in Hebrews chapter 11, Scripture kind of records what I would say is this kind of hall of fame, kind of to some of our heroes of our faith. There are people mentioned there like Moses, like David, like Samson, like Gideon, the prophets, and a mom named Sarah. And so if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Genesis chapter 12. We're going to look at the first eight verses of Genesis today. We're going to read about that mom a little bit today, Sarah. It says this, Now the Lord said to Abram, it's before he had changed his name, Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old and he departed from Haran. And Abram took Sariah, his wife, again, before he changed her name, and Lot, his brother's son, and all of their possessions that they had gathered and the people had acquired in Haran. And then set out to go to the land of Canaan. When, the, when they came to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place of Shechem, to the oak of Morai. At the time, the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. So he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there, he moved to the hill country east of Bethel and pitched his tent. With Bethel on the west and Ai on his east, And there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. So mom, I want to encourage you today. Sometimes it is tough, but know this, God sees you. God sees you. Genesis 12, one says, now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country where you are, go from that place and your kindred, leave your family and your father's house to the land. I'll show you. At this time, Sarah is 65 years old. She left everything she had ever known her entire life, her country, her people, her family, to a place that I will show you. Doesn't even know where she's going. God hasn't shown her anything yet, but she simply obeys the voice of God. Can you imagine living 65 years in the same place? She left everything that was familiar to her, but her obedience, out of that came the blessing of God. God honored her and he blessed her sacrifice. Listen, no sacrifice goes unnoticed. Every sleepless night taking care of your kids, listen to me, God sees you. 
Everything you wanted and did not buy for yourself so you could give better to your kids, God sees you. The countless drives to school, practices, church, recitals, God sees you. Every prayer you pray for your child, he sees you. The job that you gave up, the degree that you didn't pursue so you could spend more time with your children, God sees you. God sees every mom. I believe there are a couple moms that we did see, though, that we wanted to bless extra special this year. And so I want you guys to check out this video. What's up, church fam? Hey, we have two single moms on their way right now. They think that they're coming to do an interview to encourage other single moms for Single Mother's Day of pampering. But that is not why they're coming. Uh, you know here at Victory Family Church, uh, we like to do some fun stuff, bless some people on Mother's Day. So like, this is the best part about my job. I love this. Uh, you're you're, you're going to love it. Can we do it just slightly different where maybe give me like the last five cards and I'll hold them and you read them out okay. loud. Is that cool? I think I'm here to do a Mother's Day promo. <laughs> really, I'm here for this. I have created an incredible home for my son. I bought a car last year. BFC is about to bless me. With 17000 to pay off my car by paying my house payment for the next year? No way. Yes way. Are you for real? Yeah, that's awesome. Are you kidding Congratulations. Me? No ma'am. Are you serious? Holy cow, thank If I wasn't, it'd be a terrible joke. That's true. <laughs> no, we love you and we're grateful for you. Thank You're you an awesome, so much. You're an awesome mom. We heard last year you bought a car. I saw a picture of the car and originally we thought about buying you a car, but your car is awesome and we love your car. So instead of buying you a car, we just thought we'd give you $17,000 to pay off your car. So from uh, the BFC family to, uh, we just want to say we love you and we're grateful for all, all of our single moms. So we just want to bless you. Thank you. <laughs> a happy Mother's Day. Holy cow, thanks. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Thank you, them. They're, I, I, I didn't I, I didn't. I didn't actually pay for it. Those, those people watching, they, they Yeah, pay for thank it. you. Good in the Lord, good. 
So being a mom, as you many would know, is a thankless job. No one-year-old has ever apologized for going through 27 diapers in two hours, right? No newborn has ever said, sorry to bother you, mom, again, but I need to eat once again. Rarely does the child even notice the million things that you do for them every single day. But listen to me, God sees you. And like Sarah, God sees you and he will bless you because of your faithfulness to him and your devotion to your children. Not only that, mom, but be patient with the promise. We have to learn to be patient with the promise. God has given Abraham and Sarah, you see here, a promise. It was seemingly impossible. They both were too old to have kids. They waited for 10 years after God promised I'm going to give you children. They waited still 10 more years, faithful for 10 years. They're hoping for 10 years. That feels like a long time to wait on the promises of God. If I tell you I'm doing something today and I don't do it for 10 years, that's a long time. Like it's difficult to wait. So they devised a plan to help God out, right? In all their glory. Let me help you, God, do your job. Don't you love it? If you're a parent, don't you love it when your kids try to help you? Like, have you ever had a child in your family try to help you discipline the other child? You can go to your room too, actually. And so, maybe give them an assistant parent award or something. Maybe we give them today. I don't know. But isn't that, it's funny, but isn't that sometimes what we do with God? Like, we do the same thing with God. Like, God, I know you promised me. I know I heard your voice, but I'm here to help. But I'm here to help you, God. So that's what happens in Genesis chapter 16. That's what they do. Now, Sariah and Abram's wife had borne him no children. She had a female Egyptian servant whose name was Hagar. And Sariah said to Abram, behold, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. So I got a plan. Go into my servant. You know what that means? And it may be that I shall obtain children by her. And Abram listened to the voice of Sariah. I do want to say here that I think you need to get a hold of to make sure sometimes scripture is prescriptive. And sometimes scripture is descriptive. I actually think it's a big idea you need to get wrapped around your head when you read the Bible. Sometimes you read the Bible and it's just descriptive. This is what happened. It's not prescriptive. It's not necessarily saying this is what ought to take place. So this is descriptive. This is what's happening. So they decide to try this all on their own. God made a promise. They seem to think you can't figure this out, God. So we have our own plan. You know, as parents, I feel like sometimes we do this. God makes promises for us. We, we struggle. Maybe we see our kids struggling to make it happen for our kids. Man, God's way doesn't seem to be working. So let me give it a shot. Let, let me help you. Maybe my kid didn't get picked for that particular team, didn't make the grades they were going to make, didn't get that part, whatever that is. And so we intervene and we try to figure it out for them. This also happens with our kids' walk with the Lord. Sometimes we think we can live through our child as their walk with Christ. Listen, we have a promise. The Bible says in Proverbs 22, 6, to train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he's old, he will not depart from it. You have a responsibility, parents. I have a responsibility to teach God's word to them, to train them, to keep them in church, to be an example. But remember, we lead them to have their own personal faith with Jesus. We cannot do it for them. We cannot repent for them. We cannot pray for, we can pray for them. We can't pray in place of them. They have to have a relationship with Christ on their own. Mom and dad, you do what God has called you to do and allow him to be God. 
But listen, I get it. Like, if I'm being honest this morning, I hate waiting for anything. Like, I just hate it. I want, that's why I love Amazon. Free two-day shipping, right? Prime. That's why I love Amazon. And sometimes if you're not, you get lucky, it shows up the next day. And so I hope this isn't insensitive, but one of the many things that I hate about COVID, jacked up prime shipping. Like it jacked it up. I don't know what's going on. Like everything's blamed on COVID now. And so like, literally, sometimes you won't get something that says two days for four or five days. I want it now because that's how I've learned to be in our society. I want everything in an instant. How many of you guys have an Instapot? Careful, that thing will blow your face off. If you don't do that right, that thing will blow up, man. But an Instapot, I love it. It's a pressure cooker, right? The truth is, and I love it. That thing's bad to the bone, man. We use it, man. I love it. But the truth is, at the end of the meal, it's not any better than the old Crock-Pot. It's just not. You're wrong if you think it. It's not. It tastes the same, or the Crock-Pot might be better. But it's instant. We want it in minutes and not hours at all. Like, we've, we've, we've had this idea of, of, of wanting something instantly. We have to learn to be patient with the promises of God. How much more? How much more patient should we be with the promises of God that he has spoken, knowing that the waiting isn't easy, but it's always worth it? So what do you do with your kids? You keep praying for them. You keep loving them. You keep training them. You keep being patient with the promises of God for their life. You instilled, you've already instilled godly values, biblical principles, and maybe you're discouraged. Don't get ahead of God. Love them and be patient. As awful as Abraham and, and Abraham and Sarah's plan seemed, it actually was the cultural norm. I, I didn't say it was right. I just said it was pretty normative. Like this wasn't like the only ones doing this. This was somewhat normative in this time. And listen, I just believe sometimes it's easy to give in to the things that we know aren't of God just because of the culture. So listen, I, I know my daughter shouldn't be dancing on TikTok wearing next to nothing with her friends, but all of her friends do it. I know my eight-year-old should not have an Instagram, but it's normal. We shouldn't miss church for nine months out of the year because of sports, but everyone is doing it. And listen, I struggle with this every single day. I am not preaching down to you. I'm preaching to myself. I feel this cultural push raising two boys all of the time. Like I think sometimes I make a rule, but I look around and, uh, well, maybe I'm just over the top. And I have this cultural push on me all of the time. So listen, I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching to all of us this morning. It's difficult but sometimes if we're not careful, man, we'll allow culture to speak much louder than the word of God. And everybody else is doing it doesn't mean it's right. That should be the descriptive part, right? In our society, I'll describe what's going on. That is not the prescription for what we should be doing just because the culture does it. Be patient, be patient with the promises of God and realize your waiting is active, like, we don't like to think like that because we've been trained when we think about waiting, our idea of waiting, mine, is in a doctor's office. That is the most useless waste of my time in the world. If you tell me I'm supposed to be there at 10, why don't I go into 11? What's the problem here? Like, it drives me crazy waiting in that office. That's usually our view. When I say waiting, that's what we think of. We see it as this meaningless waste of time, like I'm stuck in the reception area until I have nothing left to do but scan a couple two-year-old copies of ladies' home journal recipes, right? That's what we do. That's the last thing we do. Listen, our waiting on God cannot be understood this way. It should not be understood this way. This, this sort of, of waiting in which we are called to do is not inactivity. 
It's not. It's very positive. It's purposeful. And it's spiritual to wait. To be called to wait is to be called to the activity of remembering. Remembering who I am and remembering who God is. To be called to wait is to be called in the activity of worship. Worshiping God for his presence, his wisdom, his power, his love, and his grace. For us to be called to wait is the call to activity of serving. Look for loving ways to assist and encourage others who are also being called to wait. To be called to wait is to be called to the activity of praying, confessing the struggles in my heart, seeking the grace of God who has called me to wait. God will call you to wait. We must rethink waiting and remind ourselves that waiting itself is actually a call to action. Waiting is actually, it is a verb. It actually is a call to action. And we also have to sit back and celebrate how little control we actually have. And you should actually take a big deep breath there. Everyone alike in here, listen, we should sit back and celebrate how little control we actually have. Why? Because the constant striving in your life to be the little God in some corner of creation is exhausting. It's exhausting. Waiting should really be a relief for us. Waiting on God should be a relief for us. It's a reminder that I don't have as much power and control as I thought I had. I may have God-given responsibilities in a number of areas, but that is vastly different than pretending I have some sovereignty in any one area at all. Your entire life is being carried on the capable shoulders, shoulders of the Savior, King, God of the world. All I'm responsible for is the job description of character and the behavior that this King has called me in his word to do. The remainder I'm free to entrust to him. That should be very freeing to you. And I'm very thankful for that. He really does have the whole world in his hands. So be patient with the promises of God. But not only that, but understand, God is faithful even when. God is faithful even when. Whatever that next part is, God is always faithful. Here in Hebrews 11, 11, it's referring back. We're talking about Sarah. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when, even when she was past the age. Even when, even when, quite honestly, she tried to screw this plan up. Even when she considered him to be faithful who had promised. The story of Sarah is full of mistakes and faith. She left everything to follow God. She believed, she had hope, and she also had a really bad idea. She got ahead of God. She treated Hagar awful. The point is God's faithfulness is not dependent on your perfection. God's faithfulness is not dependent on what you get or can accomplish. Sarah here is in the hall of faith, so to speak, not because of her faith, but because of God's faithfulness. She's not written in there to Hebrews 11 because of how faithful she was. She's written there because of how faithful our God is. Even when she lost faith, God promises filled the gap. Even when she made terrible decisions, God's faithfulness filled the gap. Her lack of faith did not cancel out the promises of God because God is still faithful even when we are not. God is still faithful when you let the anger get the best of you, mom. He's still faithful. God is faithful when you fail to be the mom that you know you're supposed to be. He's still faithful. God is faithful even when you blame yourself for your kids' struggles. Some of you are exhausted 
because you're working so hard, acting as if everything depends on you. Listen to me, you can breathe today. You can rest because it's not all up to you. Let God relieve you from your burden and weight of these false expectations of perfection. Nobody is perfect. In fact, Romans 3.23 says that all, all have sinned. Every one of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You're not perfect and you're not going to be. All of us have fallen short. We've fallen short of the glory of God. God has a standard and that standard is perfection, but we fall short of that. But when Jesus went to the cross, man, his death fills the gap between us and God, where we fall short. Listen to me, where you fall short as a parent, Jesus fills the gap. This is for all of us. Mom, dad, single person, when you fall short as a mom, Jesus fills the gap. When you fall short as a dad, Jesus fills the gap. When you fall short as a woman that God created you to be, he fills the gap. Men, when you fall short of what he's called you to be, he fills the gap. You cannot do it on your own. He fills the gap. He truly is our provider. You remember Abraham, there's a time where he goes up on the mountain to sacrifice his son. And he's looking for perfection. They need a a spotless, a blameless sacrifice. Remember, he goes up into the mountain. He's gonna sacrifice his own son to God, the son that God gave him. He's committed to the Lord. I'll do anything. And he gets there. And you know the story, but he, but he sees a ram that's caught in the fence. It was the gap for him. It filled. He was a sacrifice, all pointing to the cross. Listen to these Old Testament stories. They're not allegory. They're true, but they're pointing to Jesus. He truly is our provider. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is our provider. And the only reason we may have salvation today is because he provides. He provided a way. The gap was too big. When sin entered the world and fractured humanity in Genesis chapter three, it was too wide. You couldn't jump, it was too wide, but Jesus came and he filled that gap. So I'm gonna pray for us this morning and we're gonna thank him for that. And we're gonna sing and we're gonna worship Jehovah Jireh this morning because he is the provider. Father God, we love you. God, we thank you for filling the gap. God, we thank you for every part of our life. We come up short. You fill the gap. And so God, I I pray for, for moms in this room. God, I pray for dads in this room. It is no easy task to raise your children. And so God, I pray for that that single mom here today. God, I pray and know and believe that where the ideal is not there, grace abounds. And so God, I pray you'd hold a special prayer. God, just pray that you'd hold all moms close to you today, all women close to you, God. God, we thank you for being our provider. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for what it means for us and what it means not only today, but what it means for our eternity. So just with your head bowed and your eyes closed, I'm just going to ask you a question. I just want to talk to the moms just for a second. Maybe if you're a mom in the room today or a mom figure of any sort, and you just feel like, man, I'm just tired. 
I just feel wore out. I feel like I'm not living up to my own expectation. I just feel overwhelmed. If that's you, I just want to slip up your hand. I want to say a quick prayer for you. Not going to bring you on stage. Yeah. Yeah, mom's all over the room. Father God, in Jesus' name, God, I ask that you supernaturally heal. Heal broken hearts. Heal the disease of self-perfection. God, help us to know that it's, it's you, God. You truly fill the gap. And so I, got, I pray that all those gaps that maybe we've even created, where we feel like we've fallen short in all these areas of, of motherhood or womanhood, God, I pray those would just disappear. God, to know and, and understand before we are a mother, we're a daughter and we're a daughter of yours. As, as I know, as moms always want to be the, the caretaker. And yeah, I believe you put that in them, God. God, I just pray in this moment they would be the, the child receiver, your child. Ask for a special blessing to fall, God. Just do it with your head bowed and your eyes closed. I, I can't help but imagine there's not those in here that would say, if he fills the gap... And you're telling me there's this enormous separation between God, the creator of the universe, and me. And without Jesus, I want you to hear me say, there's no bridging that gap. And I've never been, and I'm not a scare tactic preacher at all. But the reality is, we were born in this world with sin, and the only remedy, the only solution for that was Jesus on the cross. And the best I understand the scriptures, it says if you believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth, the Bible says he'll save you. And I believe with everything in him, any man or woman who longs to be saved, he wants to rescue you. He wants to bridge that gap even for you. And maybe you've been in church for 10, 15 years, but you've never said yes to Jesus, the, 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 the ruler of my life. But today's different. God's stirring something in you. Man, if that's you today and you say, yeah, I want to say yes to Jesus, I want you to slip up your hand. I'm going to say a quick prayer for you. Yeah. Other others. Man, today's my day. I want us all as a family to pray this prayer out loud together. Pray this way, Father God, thank you for saving me, for filling the gap. Come into my life. Be Lord of my life. Forgive me of my sins. I repent of my sins from this day forward. I choose to follow you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it or share it on social media and tag at VFC underscore Newcastle. If you haven't already, download the Victory Family Church app to stay connected with everything that's happening throughout the week. Thanks again for listening. Have an awesome week.